Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. Everybody and welcome to episode 34 of Charlie's Geek Cast. I am your host, Charlie Niemeyer, and today we're going away from the commentaries for a little bit because a scheduling conflict has prevented me from really having time to do commentaries for a little while, thanks to school starting up and being a parent. So I'm going to be doing some comic book stuff. Yay! I know everyone's getting excited right now. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on continuing the little project I had started where I was going through all of the DCAU books, the Timverse comics the adaptations or not really adaptations, comics that go alongside or are inspired by the animated series that were going on at the time batman animated series uh there's a batman and Ro- or there's a batman and robin superman animated series batman beyond justice league, justice league unlimited all those so we're going to be looking at all that stuff here uh, i'm not going to be doing big six episodes six comic bunches like i was doing before i'm just gonna go one at a time so it's gonna take a little bit but um it was going to take a little bit anyway because of how long it was in those so we're going to be doing that and uh first off we're going to be taking a look at batman adventures number 13 which we'll be doing right after this in 1939 bob kane and bill finger created a shadowy crime fighter steeped in the pulps and crime dramas of the time that character was batman Over the next 80 years, Batman not only became one of the most popular comic book characters of all time, but also became a television and movie phenomenon, appearing in both live-action and animated projects. And then there are the plethora of video games, trading cards, action figures, and statues that have been made of him and his cast of characters. Because of this, Mike and I want to spend the next year celebrating his 80th birthday. And we're calling that celebration... The Overlooked Dark Knight Celebration of Batman's 80th Birthday. Yes. But really? Really? That That's the best name that you could come up with. You've written panels, dude, and that's the best thing you could come up with. It's accurate. Yeah, but, you know, you and I have been podcasting a long time now. That was the placeholder name. We can do better than that. Okay, what's your idea? Well, what did we call it in the first episode of this series that we've already recorded? I I really have no idea. It's a miracle that I remember what books we talked about. Well, that's fair, because I don't remember that either. Anyway, Andy and I are going to be spending May 2019 to May 2020 talking about Batman stories from all eras that we feel are either overlooked or too awesome not to talk about. 
We're even going to have special episodes dedicated to things like the 1989 Batman film and what issues of Detective Comics we would include in a big hardcover collection. Episodes will drop twice a month. You sure about that? To the best of my ability, episodes will drop twice a month at www.fortressofbailytude.com. You can also find the show on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. The Overlooked Dark Knight celebration of Batman's 80th birthday. Because everyone is doing it, but we're doing it for a whole year. The Overlooked Dark Knight is part of the Fortress of Bailey 2 podcasting network. All right, reserve. Welcome back. And what we're going to be doing now is we're going to be looking at Batman Adventures Volume 1, number 13, which had a cover date of October 1993 and an on sale date of September 7th, 1993. Now I know what you're asking. Charlie, what other comics were coming out that month? Well, it's funny you should ask because I was looking that up right now. Uh, some of the other notable DC comics that were coming out that month, we had Action Comics number 692, which was basically. The Return of Clark Kent after Superman had died. This was bringing back Clark and also uh, meeting up with Dr. Occult and learning exactly how Superman was able to die and come back. Oh, and the fact that it can only happen this one time. All right. Night Quest the Crusade goes into Batman's Shadow of the Bat number 19 where Batman, where the new Batman takes on the Tally Man. The Golden Age miniseries has its second issue come out this month by James Robinson and Paul Smith. Over in Milestone, Static has his fifth issue come out. Over in Batman 501, where the new Batman takes on a new villain we haven't seen before. Uh, Superman Speeding Bullets came out this month. Basically what that is, is take Superman's origin, but have him found by the Waynes. Uh, Superman number 27... Superman's enjoying being back from the dead. Uh, Shadow of the Bat number 20, which that means two of them this month. Wow. Uh, Tallyman again. So I, I believe it's a two-part story, so that makes sense. Over in Green Lantern number 47, Green Arrow and Green Lantern team up for something. I haven't read that one. Uh, I'm not very good at my Green Lanterns before, you know, Green Lantern 50. Actually, this is the last issue before the big uh, Emerald Twilight storyline, I believe. So that's interesting. The last one by an, a writer whose name I will not say anymore. But for more on this issue, go check out Just One of the Guys, episode number 47. Uh, Just One of the Guys is one of the shows here on the Two True Freaks Network, uh, hosted by the dearly departed Sean Ingle, uh, where he covered that issue of Green Lantern plus an issue of Guy Gardner. So I would rec I highly recommend going and checking that out. It was a good show, and Sean was one of the best. Over in Superman number 83, we basically have the finale of the whole story by uh, all the heroes gathering at Engine City and trying to figure out what to do with it. And then over in Adventures of Superman 506, Cadmus tries to take back, tries to get Superboy back, but Superman and the Guardian are there to help him. And Gar uh, Superman or Superboy decides that it he can take the name Superboy 
And he's going to move out of Metropolis and go somewhere else, setting up his new title, which is coming up. And also, unfortunately, it is the final issue drawn by Tom Grumman and inked by Doug Hazelwood. Uh, I mean, Barry Kitson and Ray Kreising, I believe, are the ones that come on next. And um, they're not bad, but they're no Grumman and Hazelwood. I mean, they'll be on Superboy, but I I preferred them on Superman, you know? Anyway, over in Detective number 668, Robin gets into the Batcave and the new Batman almost kills him, basically. He's not a fan of Robin's. And this is basically uh, Tim getting kicked out of the cave until Bruce returns. Oh, and that's to be continued in Robin number one, which I guess comes out the following month. However, speaking of that, Robin, Tragedy and Triumph, the trade paperback comes out. of uh, That collects two multi-part stories. The first multi-part story is from Detective Comics. It's basically where uh, Batman goes and saves, tries to save his parents. I believe Tim's mom dies, but his dad survives even though he's paralyzed. And in a coma. He's in, I believe he's in a coma for a while. And uh, then the second story is basically a collection of the second Robin miniseries where Robin, where Batman's out of town and Robin at Christmas time, has to stop the Joker basically by himself. Uh, Showcase 93, number 11, features Nightwing, as well as a Robin story, Cobra, and that's it. The Cobra Chronicles? I, I don't know. can only tell you what it says on the cover because I haven't read that one. And that's about it for notable things that stick out to me. So let's, so what do you say we get into this issue? As I already said, it stated the Batman Adventures number 13 had a cover date of October 93 and an on-sale date of September 7th, 1993 and would set you back $1.25. The story title is The Last Tango in Paris, written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mike Parabek, inked by Rick Burchett, colorist was Rick Taylor, letterer was Tim Harkins, the assistant editor was Darren Vicenzo. The editor was Scott Peterson, and Batman was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Our story begins with Commissioner Gordon telling Batman, off-panel, but with a voiceover. I guess it's a voiceover? Anyway, it's a caption box. That a man just walked into the police headquarters, throwing punches and begging to be put in jail. But when Gordon tried interrogating him, he wouldn't say anything. He did manage to get his address, though, which Batman checks out, and his apartment has been trashed. But by just observing the damage... Batman is able to piece together that someone broke in, busted the guy up a little bit, and tortured him for some info. He also finds a safe that's been left open, and inside is a page that's been torn out. 
thanks to the indentations left on the next page, Batman learns about a meeting with someone named Abdul at the Gotham Courthouse at 3 a.m. At the courthouse, Batman finds out that Abdul is being questioned by Talia al Ghul and her bodyguards. After Batman takes down the guards, Talia explains that they were searching for a statue of great value that had been stolen from her father, Ra's al Ghul. They agree to work together, and thanks to the info obtained from Abdul, they head to Paris, France. After spending the day sightseeing, they head out to a cabin outside of the city where Hassan, the thief in question, is supposed to meet with Pierre... Oh, I'm going to suck at this because it's French. What? Lascaux? Lascaux? That... Let's, let's, I have no idea. Anyway, this guy's an old enemy of Raish's who is willing to risk buying the statue. Hassan arrives first and Batman confronts him for the statue, but it turns out to be an ambush. And Batman and Talia end up getting tied up while... Pierre's men douse the place in gasoline or petrol, as it says on the uh, the canisters, which I'm thinking is correct for the country. I think they call it petrol over there. Anyway, let's try that again. Starting a fire as they leave, Pierre tells them that once the heat is too much, they're more than welcome to just walk out. But you know they're going to be shot. Then. Already deciding that they're going to figure out a way out of the ropes, which they do. They quickly escape their bonds and split up. While Talia recovers the statue, Batman uses his grapple to fling himself outside, where he makes quick work of LaSalle's men. LaSalle? That could be it, LaSalle. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he himself attempts to escape by car, but Talia manages to shoot out one of his tires, causing him to crash into a tree. We don't see him again, so I don't know if this is supposed to be his death, or maybe just, you know, he's crashed there and once the authorities come, they can take care of it. I'm not sure. Although, to be fair, there's no authorities that we see, so I'm guessing maybe he's no longer with us. Anyway, outside of the cabin, Batman and Talia reunite. And Batman, figuring this has to do with something more than just a statue, asks what's inside the statue. Talia reveals it contains microfilm that contains... Wow, that's a lot of contains. Anyway, Talia reveals that it holds microfilm that contains information that would be damaging to her father's operations. Batman is upset that she didn't just say something earlier, but she reveals that if she had, they wouldn't have had Paris. Walking off, Talia leaves the statue behind as Batman stands in front of the burning cabin. And it looks like he stays there for quite a long time, which is weird, because first off, the cabin, the fire burns itself out, which a minute ago, I mean, it starts off the first panel, it's a roaring fire. The second panel, it's pretty much done. And then the third panel is pouring down rain and putting out the rest of the fire. So I'm not sure about that. But that's it. That's it for the story. So let's uh, take a quick look at the issue. First off is the cover. It's a simple but effective cover by Mike Parabek, of course. And it just shows Batman and Talia making out amidst a bunch of fire. It's definitely, with the colors, it's definitely going to catch your eye. Very simple, but it works, like I said. And, and it's actually uh, almost copied in a panel in the book, which I'll point out when we get to it. On panel one, we never actually see Gordon, but using my deductive reasoning, I'm figuring it's Gordon because he's really the only one that would actually talk to Batman, you know, like this. And he mentions that he interrogated him, so it's obviously a police officer. So it's either Gordon or Montoya. And I don't know if the if he's technically met Montoya yet. And Bullock doesn't like him. So I'm thinking the only one that would talk to him like this would be Gordon. Pages two through four, Batman's figuring out what happens in the apartment and just by observing things. It's really cool, but we don't know if that's actually how it happened or just what he thinks happened. I mean, 
let's be real. This is probably what happened. But the black eye he's got in Batman's vision of what happened does not seem to be on the first page where we see the guy. So I don't know if maybe there's was a miscolor or maybe forgot it in the art or maybe it's something different that happened. Page six, the panel layout here is really awesome, especially this big diagonal one that goes right through the page to emphasize Batman punching out one of Talia's guards. I don't think either one of them is supposed to be Ubu, but they are pretty close, except one wears an eye patch. On page seven, Batman mentions nothing of the methods that Talia uses to get the information she's getting, which is kind of weird, but... Uh, the bodyguards that she has do not follow, go with them to Paris. So maybe there's an off-panel understanding that if we work together, you, Talia cannot bring your bodyguards and we're going to do this my way or something like that. I don't know. Uh, page 8. You know how you can tell this is in Paris? Because you can see the Eiffel Tower right from Bruce Wayne's uh, hotel room. You know how else you can tell it's Paris? On the next page, you can see the Arc de Triomphe. Also, pages 9 through 11, it's really cool. They have this nice little sightseeing tour of the city. They see some, all sorts of nice things. It makes you want to go to Paris, sort of, if it would look like a cartoon. Um, you see kids playing. They buy a book. Um, they're just walking along the, ri the river. It's really pretty. But, much to Talia's dismay, by the end of page 11, Batman or Bruce is making sure that he doesn't allow it to interfere with the mission. Page 13, Batman punches his fist through a wood door. Now, I'm not sure how thick this door was supposed to be. It was closed. And I don't know if they use a different kind of wood that's not as hard over in, Paris, or in France. I'm not sure. But seriously, folks, Batman punched his fist through a wooden door and still had enough oomph to it to knock uh, Hassan across the room. Just saying. Page 14, there's no need to show Batman and Talia get out of their ropes. Uh, panel 4 on that page also recreates the cover, except now Talia has a tear. Uh, on page... Oh, and that's, that's why I didn't put this in the notes. Talia has a tear because, if you recall... If you have seen the episode or if you have actually read the old um, first appearance of Ta of Rachel Ghoul uh, by Danny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Uh, at the end of the story or the end of the first part of the Demon's Quest, which we actually covered on this show. See how it's all full circle? Anyway, if you recall in the episode, Ta uh, Rachel Ghoul offers his entire thing, his entire operation to be under the control of the Batman. And Batman rejects it as well as rejecting Talia. Now, this visually, visibly upset her. So she asks, when you did this, is it because you don't agree with Father, or is it because of, of... And before she can say it, he pulls her into his arms and gives her a kiss. In telling us that Batman really does like her, maybe he really loves her, but he's not going to allow that to, to interfere with his principles so there you go that's why she has the tear because she was tearing up on that question pages 16 through 17 batman using his grapple to propel himself out of the cabin was awesome uh it looks really cool he actually looks like he's flying at one point and his fist even busts out of the corner 
of the bottom panel on page 17 uh, to the point where uh, Parabek or whoever has been putting in the numbers actually look more like uh, Harkin's numbers. But anyway, the all the page numbers had been in the bottom corner, bottom right-hand corner of the page. But on this panel, because of the fact that Bruce's or Batman's fist is punching through, they've had to move the number to the middle of the page. It's kind of cool. And page 21, Talia's crying about Paris is sort of endearing in, in kind of a, a twisted sort of way, you know? Uh, also, it's not clear if Talia takes the... F- uh, we see her open the thing to show the film. We don't really see her take the film, I don't think. Let me look at this again. We show her open it to reveal the film. Then it looks like she... Okay, it's basically it's hidden in the face. So we see her take the face part off of the statue off, show the film. Then we see her put the face back, and then she leaves, dropping the the statue on the ground. Now, I cannot believe that the fact that Rachel Ghoul is still operating after this issue, that Batman was able to get his hands on that film. Therefore, I'm thinking she took the film, fixed the statue, and then left it there for whatever reason. Maybe something for Batman to put in the Batcave as a memory of this adventure but i can't believe she would have left the microfilm and batman would do nothing with it so that's what i'm thinking happened for one of the first times it's not very clear in the art which is not a normal thing to say about parabax art but it really isn't but that's about it i mean this was a fun little story it was cool it had batman traveling across the globe it had i mean and the pacing was great i mean yes it took three pages well, two, to show them going through uh, Paris. But then it didn't feel rushed at all later on when they're trying to wrap it up. So, I mean, it it, it was really good. Uh, there's some letters. There's a letters page uh, where people are trying to win the uh, prize of original art by Parabek and Rick Perchat. Um, let's see, who won it? Uh, Janelle Gallina, Galina from Orange, California. And, uh, yeah, she, she really enjoys the books and let's see. Then they have the information about the contest itself. And then the next issue blurb. So who's been watching Gotham while Batman's been off gallivanting around the world? None other than the boy wonder, of course, be here next month when the, when he runs against the ventriloquist and Scarface in public enemy. By Kelly, Mike, Rick, Rick, and Tim. We'll see you then. By Scott Peterson, new apartment, even hotter than before. So that's going to do it for this episode. Playing us out, we're going to hear the number one song of this week, which is Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Huh. So we'll be playing that out as I do our do the outro, and I will see you next time with the next issue of The Batman Adventures. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's Geekcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. Hi.